You're listening to Simperitz Radio, episode number 211, and today we're talking about what I believe is one of the most overlooked and yet beneficial aspects of health that we can easily incorporate into our everyday life. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Schirm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Now, Today, we are currently living in the weirdest season that I think I've ever been a part of um, in my history of living, and that is in the midst of this crazy coronavirus pandemic that we have going on. Now, I don't want this to be relevant if you're listening later on, but I do want to say that this topic that we're going to talk about today, I believe is one of the most overlooked concepts that we have in the health space today, and one of the easiest ways for you to boost your immune system, but also boost your metabolism and your hormones and your neurotransmitters and every single thing that flows from our immune system. And so this concept is really, really important and yet really, really, really basic. And so I hope you love it as much as I do. Today, we're talking about the importance of seasonality. This is not my first podcast about seasonality. I'll make sure and link up the other ones in the show notes and exactly what this could look like in your own life. But today, I just want to provide the facts on how your body changes with the changing of seasons and why that's important for your body and how working outside of that design can actually be causing more harm than good. So I think it's going to explain a lot of things, even if you're not worried about the coronavirus or your immune system, this is foundational in health in general. And I think something that we can easily and tangibly grasp onto and use in our everyday life. With that being said, I have created a seasonal batch cooking guide for you. Yes, I'm all about batch cooking. You've heard me talk about it a lot on here. It is literally the system that saves my life when it comes to cooking. Now I have my kids home more than ever, and so I need those easy-to-reach foods that I can just grab and reheat. That's where batch cooking comes in. For me, it's cooking five basic ingredients on the weekends, whether it's rice and quinoa, some kind of protein, a pan of roasted vegetables, and maybe some kind of homemade dressing. Whatever it is, it's, it's the basic foundational transformational ingredients that you can then take out and reheat and build into a number of different meals. It really does save my entire work week, and it allows me to have healthy food conveniently on hand. Now, I've taken this batch cooking guide and I've broken it down into specific seasons. So right now, I just launched the spring batch cooking guide where it has four weeks that show you exactly what you should batch cook, and then it gives you five different ways to layer those meals together or those ingredients together to create meals. Now, inside each week, you, of course, get all the recipes for those ingredients and then specific how to put it together. Plus, I share more about the spring eating guide, how you should be living, and how you can incorporate that into your life. So you're going to want to check that out. It's less than $10, totally worth the investment. Head on over to simperitswellness.com, click on the homepage, grab that guide. But for today, let's just get right back to the subject of seasonality, because this is, again, really, really, really important to our body. And I think it's so easy now to forget about it because we can have any produce item we want, right? Like the grocery store stockpiles food 
all year long. Like the grocery store doesn't really change. The prices might change, right? Because generally if it's in season, then it's a little bit less expensive. Like a watermelon out of season is nearly like gold. But in season, it's pretty inexpensive for what you get. But like I said, you can get any food you want nearly all year long. So it does become a confusing topic and not something that we generally think about. Because if you want a banana, you can eat a banana whenever you want. If you want green beans, you can eat those whenever you want too. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying though that we do have to come to this fact that our bodies are seasonal beans. And our DNA and our gut bacteria and really all the bacteria on and inside of our body is conforming to the changing of seasons. And it is important because in these changes, then our body is trying to do something with that, trying to keep us alive and thriving. But when we don't provide for those changes, our body starts to work against us. We start to go into a stress response and what's considered survival. So when we're providing food, even healthy food, but in the wrong way, in the wrong season, it really can be a difficult thing for your body to process, to break down, to digest and absorb. Like it's the wrong mixture of things for that season. And therefore your body just can't utilize it the same way it could in season. So this really does matter. And it's not only just what foods you're eating, but our lifestyle has big implications as well. Our lifestyle is going to be based more on uh, the the amount of sunlight we experience every day, our sleep patterns, um, how we're consuming the food, how much we're consuming. This is all seasonal. And in fact, this has been recorded in history. There's been numerous studies. And in fact, I think there are just countless studies coming out about this because we're starting to pinpoint especially by being able to analyze DNA, how our body functions and how maybe we're just missing the mark, right? Maybe all these healthy things we're trying to do aren't working simply because it's out of context. It's in the wrong place at the wrong time and therefore it's having the wrong results. So today I hope to clear the air to help you just understand first and foremost, how is your body changing with the changing of seasons? And then at the end, give you some basic, practical, tangible things that you can work on to actually help your body function well, and not just well, but like completely thrive, to get overbloating and the irregular menstrual cycles and the joint pain and the inflammation and all these things that kind of bog us down. And in fact, I think one of the biggest signs that we're working outside of our design is exhaustion. So let's dive in and let's just start from the top. Now, first and foremost, I want to talk about the DNA because I think this is the most remarkable factor when it comes to seasonality. I mean, of course, there's a lot of other things, right? But it has been shown in numerous studies that our DNA is actually changing with the changing of seasons. What I mean by that is when our our environment starts to change, whether it's by light, which happens no matter where you live, right, in the world, regardless of if your weather patterns change that much or not, our light factor is definitely changing. So our body's DNA is working off a circadian clock. And every cell in our body actually has a circadian clock, which tells it when to kind of wake up, when to refresh, when to heal, when to release different things. It really, like, just like us, right, our circadian clock is telling us when we should wake up, when we should be active during the day, and also when it's time to go to sleep and then put us into deep sleep. So it's this 
periodic or this clockwork-like rhythm of releasing different chemicals and hormones and the communication network that happens is based off of every cell's circadian clock. Now, what we know about our circadian clock is that it's directly related to our light flow. So one of the reasons so many people struggle to sleep anymore, right, is because we don't necessarily follow a low light pattern as the sun goes down. Like we have access to devices, especially screens emitting something called blue light, which signals to our body that it's actually not nighttime. Like it's not, the sun hasn't gone down. Like blue light is is associated with sunlight. And anytime there's light present, it reduces the release of melatonin, which melatonin is the hormone that helps us to go to sleep um, and partly to stay asleep and reach deep sleep. And so melatonin is really, really, really critical because it's working to achieve that circadian clock, which every cell in our body needs. And so for kind of messing around with the light patterns of the season, what we know is that we interact with our circadian clock and create more stress in those patterns. So for instance, right, like our circadian rhythms are going to reset with the seasons. So daylight savings time, obviously there's a big reset that has to happen inside of our body to adjust to the changes of light patterns. But in the winter, in the fall, you might notice that as the sun starts to set earlier in the day, your body becomes more fatigued. Like your energy levels naturally go down and it feels like you need more sleep. The truth is you do need more sleep in the wintertime. In fact, our bodies are not only adjusting to these factors um, just on a DNA level, but our body is producing more hormones based on that and specifically melatonin. So we do need a little bit more sleep in the fall and winter than we do in the spring and summer where the light stays up later. And this later light activity produces more energy inside of our body. It's why we tend to have a little bit more stamina in the workforce area of our body um, and the physical output of our body during the spring and summer months. So you might notice like now we're entering spring if you're listening to it uh, when I recorded it. And you might notice that your body actually kind of desires a little bit more physical activity. I think if we really stop and listen to our body, you're going to start to pick up on, oh, my body does crave certain things during different times. So in the winter, your body might crave going to bed earlier. Like you just might have to. And that's okay. It's not to be fought. But in this season, when the light, when the sun is staying up a little bit later and we have more daylight, you might notice that during the day you have more energy and more stamina to continue on. Now, we still need to sleep, obviously, and sleep deeply. And generally, when we're in the spring and summer, when we're doing more physical activity, people actually do sleep better. Um, But it is important to note. So like I said, our DNA completely evolves with the changing of season. And it's partially due to light, but it's also partially due to our climate and our weather patterns. Now, when I've talked about seasonality in the past, a lot of people have said, well, I live in the South and our weather patterns don't really change that much. You know, it just goes from hot to hotter. Here's the deal. What they know about climate change is that your rainier season or the season that feels off from what you traditionally live in, like generally for everyone, there's a short one or two month cycle that feels off, whether it's rainier or cooler or cloudier. That's the time that would be considered like the cold season to the people living in the north, right? This would be like the snowy season for us up here in the Midwest. That's your rainy season. And every climate experiences a change. And in that change, 
that's where we would see more of the winter to your body. So everyone's experiences, even if it's not snowy and frigid, the same thing goes for the rainy, cloudy kind of season of wherever you live. So yes, our bodies are continuously changing and they are morphing. With that being said, your body is also kind of creating patterns based on your environment. So the longer you live a place, the more adapted you become to that, meaning that it is harder to adjust to other situations, other regions, if you do move. Like if you move across the country, you might notice that it takes your body time to adjust And in fact, you can go through periods of weight gain um, or just kind of higher inflammation, more bloating, just kind of unrest as you naturally would in a changing of season. And just to give you a little science, because I love science, uh, there's... uh, there was a study published in Nature's Communication, and it showed that as many as one-fifth of all genes in our blood cells, so this is just talking about blood cells, nearly a fifth of all genes undergo seasonal changes in expression. And what we used to think about genes is they are immutable, right? But a lot of our body's workings depend upon which genes are translated when. In the winter, the study found that your blood contains a denser blend of immune responders, While in the summer, your blood was filled more with fat-burning, bodybuilding, water-retaining hormones. So we do see this change based on the changing of seasons. So let's just talk briefly about what would happen in the different seasons. Now, we generally link fall as an intro to winter. So in the fall, our body is actually switching out of the summer mode, out of these warm, longer days, hotter air kind of season, and we're starting to switch to package up those uh, fat-burning hormones, water-retaining hormones, and we're starting to flip over to more of the uh, what we would consider insulin-resistant stage, where our body starts to store a little bit more so that we can maintain it through the long winter months. Like, think about nature, right? Nearly every single species in nature has the same hibernation patterns, right? They go through a period of stockpiling in the fall so that they can make it through the winter. Like, we live in the middle of Iowa, and when it's snowy and there's deer around, I think, what in the world are you possibly eating? The thing is, is their bodies have changed enough that they actually don't need that much food in the winter because they've stored it all in the early fall and early winter. Now, here's the thing. You're thinking, but I don't need to store anything, right? Like I'm not going through a period of of starvation. Like food is abundant in the wintertime. Like we are good. I realize that. Um, and this is why we see the most weight gain happen in the fall and the winter months is simply because while our body is adjusting to eating less food, um, heavier, more dense food, becoming more insulin resistant, we see that our body naturally has more of a propensity to store that fat. So our body can choose and the right perceptions to store more fat in the fall and the winter time, regardless of how much food there actually is. Now, what's interesting about all this, and I feel like I might be talking myself in circles here, so I'm going to try and like really explain this. What's interesting about all of this is that it's completely controlled by your central nervous system. So our nervous system is actually communicating based on the seasons and the DNA changes that have happened and the gut microbiome changes, which we're going to talk about, that have happened. But your central nervous system is technically controlling, okay, what is my body actually going to do with the food that I'm consuming? What is my body actually going to do with the lifestyle choices that I'm making? See, I think we get so fixated on what we should be eating and what we should be doing, but we don't realize that regardless of what we choose to do, it's our body's choice 
based on our perceptions that are going to change what our body does with that. And I believe fully, more importantly than what you put in your body is what your body does with it. So you can eat a really healthy diet and see no great results simply because your body's not doing anything that you want it to with that food. And again, this is going to be based on our central nervous system, which works based on our perceptions. And these perceptions are built based on our past. So if people have gone through periods of starvation, um, our body is naturally going to store a little bit more to prepare for that. Now, most of us have not gone through a period of starvation, but a lot of us have starved ourselves purposely in calorie-restricted diets, which were super popular 20 years ago, right? And so even though we wouldn't consider it starvation, many people have, in fact, starved their bodies at some point in time, and that is going to be used technically against you in the winter months. Now, there are ways to work around this, to regain some trust and do all of those things. But again, I just want to be clear that this is all based on your perceptions, which is going to determine the central nervous system. A lot of this is unconscious, but we can be conscious about some things, and that's what we need to be aware of and try to work for. Now, going back to the seasonality component and what happens, right? And like I said, in the fall and the winter, this is where our body kind of puts away the fat burning, water retaining chemicals and it flips it over to release the water. So we're no longer retaining kind of that water, but then we we flip over to storing a little bit more fat cells. So in the winter, what we see is we often see people who are less bloated, but just a little bit denser. And in the summer, we see people who lose that density, but become a little bit more bloated. This is just a natural a uh, natural flow that happens because think about it. Like your body, of course, wants to retain fluid in the summertime because dehydration is a real threat, right? When we're sweating um, and it's hot and that's one of the best ways to keep ourselves cool is to release water. Our body's going to naturally want to retain that to prevent de- dehydration, which is very, very real in the summertime. In the wintertime, dehydration is not as big of a deal, and so we let that go, but what's a bigger deal is the threat for starvation, and so we do flip that switch to store more fat. Now, like I said, this has been built over uh, uh, years of different generations and DNA firing and all that stuff. So in the wintertime, we see that flip to more fat storage, but on top of that, We also see these DNA switches coming in the form of a mass production of immune cells. So our body, when it makes this switch and things get cooler and the sun goes down earlier, our body is really becoming accustomed to understanding and knowing that in the winter months and these darker, colder months, this is the time when bacteria and virus run rampant right? Like viruses love cold, dry air. And so our body knows that and it starts to adjust for that. So our immune system ramps up and it starts building all these T cells and um, it starts releasing some inflammation and preparation to keep your body alive and functioning well. This is not a bad thing. In fact, this helps us out in a lot of different areas. This kind of switch to more of what we would consider survival mode in the winter helps us to think more deeply. Um, It helps us to concentrate. Like there are a lot of great aspects to this. The problem is, is when we live in these climate controlled environments and our immune system is running on overdrive to protect you, but it has nothing to protect you from, there is some linkage that this is why there's such a high rate of autoimmune diseases being prevalent in the wintertime of cardiovascular disease. I say that lightly because there's not a lot of great foundational research. There's linkages, but there's no strong scientific hard evidence to that. 
But it does make you start to think about how important the elements are to our body. Now, personally, in the wintertime, I mean, I don't love the frigid, windy air that makes it feel like your bones are literally freezing inside of you. But I do see from the research how valuable getting outside and experiencing the elements on a regular basis can be for your body to function adequately. Because what happens when our body goes through these changes, like in the wintertime, we're going to talk about spring and summer in a second, and we don't make the adequate changes to our diet and lifestyle, and we continue to eat these like carbohydrate-heavy foods, Um, uh, we continue to drink cold beverages and have our smoothies and our salads in the wintertime, and we live in climate-controlled environments, our body never has to become adapt to what it's working to do in these colder temperatures, right? It's revving up. Uh, Cold is how our body burns in the wintertime. So, If you want to, basically, all that to say, like if you want to not gain weight in the wintertime, we have to on some level experience the elements. We have to go outside in the cold or rainy seasons and still adapt to that because that is actually giving our body more life. The same thing with that, when we provide for our body, I want you to think about it as like providing the opposite of the season. So like when fall and winter tend to be cold, they tend to be windy, they tend to be bitter um, and very dry, what your body often needs to handle that element and what your DNA is looking for is often very moist, rich, dense foods. Now we don't eat a lot of these foods because our gut bacteria has actually changed to limit that, but those dense, rich, oily foods help our body in the season and they provide for our body what the immune system needs. Now ironically, seasonal foods provide a really strong basis for our immune system, specifically in that season. So if our immune system's ramping up in the fall and the winter, Guess what? Like our seasonal foods in fall, like apples and um, orange things like beta carotene, our sweet potatoes and our squash, all of those foods have tons and tons and tons of nourishment that actually is the foundation of our immune system. So it is really, really, really important not to mention this desire and this craving for like more of those casseroles or those rich fatty foods. Fat is the foundation of of all the hormones in our body, which is also the foundation of our immune response. And so it does become really, really important. So why people who eat salads, just cold, raw food all year long, rely on their smoothies, kind of like what is considered like these quote unquote super healthy foods that are maybe really good for spring and summer, they're actually doing more harm than good. Like those people who are relying on cold, raw foods in the fall and winter, have a higher chance of getting sick, becoming overweight, like all of these things that we really don't want to see. Now, if we flip that, and once we start moving into spring and summer, what our body does is it flips from this insulin resistant and becomes a little bit more insulin sensitive, meaning that our body is able to take this energy and to burn it and to use it as opposed to store it. So we kind of switch to this fat burning mode. Yes, Water retention naturally increases. You can probably feel that specifically present at the really start of each season. We'll notice a little bit of switch into water retention. But 
In the spring, we do see you burn more fat, you have more energy, you um, your immune system kind of decreases because the bacteria and viruses aren't as prevalent. And that decrease in our immune response actually helps us to increase our energy output other places. And we see inflammation just decrease in general. So again, it is a change in season. And also, if we talk about what our body needs in the spring season, we know spring tends to be a little bit cooler, a little bit unpredictable, but it's also starting to warm up. And so we kind of see this transition of like our body still needs something warm. So our warm foods are still good, but definitely lighter, not dense and oily, definitely not heavy soups or casseroles anymore. If you really pay attention, you might start to notice like, yeah, I'm not craving that. Like a salad actually sounded good or a light brothy soup was really what my body needed. You'll also start to notice that you probably start to crave more green things. Or if you eat green things, you'll notice that you have more energy and you feel better. So this time of the year, our body loves those seasonal foods because those seasonal foods help detoxify our body of those excess fat stores for winter. It kind of cleans house. Like it lets us reset for the spring and summer months. And the spring is one of the best time to kind of reset your body to cleanse it because naturally inside your body, it's really trying to get rid of the excess winter buildup that you either didn't need or that was built up over just um, whatever happened through the winter months. So it is important to understand that. And then, of course, as we move into summer, when it gets really hot and really humid, cool, dry foods are really great. And of course, seasonally eating, right? Melons. Um, We have all these like strong, watery foods in the summer. Also carbohydrate laden because our bodies are insulin sensitive. We need more energy in the summertime because we're burning or supposed to be burning more energy in the summertime. And so our body like seasonally naturally loves and craves those kind of foods, more salads, more smoothies, more berries, more melons, more cucumbers, things like that are really nourishing for our body. And that's just the basis of how our DNA is affected by seasons. Like we haven't even talked about the gut bacteria, which has been proven to change and ebb and flow with the seasons in general. Now, I think we hear a lot about gut bacteria and there's a lot of great information and a lot of misinformation. We just are coming through like this massive probiotic phase where we all were expected to take probiotics all the time. They're finding that that actually isn't very helpful. In fact, it can be really harmful. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take probiotics, but I think that it needs to be done seasonally and not all the time. The reason I say that is because our gut bacteria is changing and it's turning over with the changes of seasons. And it's specifically going to change um, based on what our body needs in that season and what it can break down. So when our body becomes more insulin resistant in the wintertime and um, it wants to store a little bit more, obviously we are naturally going to reach for the, the creamier, richer, denser foods our gut bacteria has to change in order to break down those fattier foods and to utilize them inside of the body. The same thing goes in the spring. You're going to see your body turn over to a new level of gut bacteria that helps you to break down those raw foods. A little bit harder to break down, harder to digest and absorb, but your body becomes a lot more resistant to that or sensitive to that so it can use it better. So our gut bacteria is really ebbing and flowing throughout each season. It is turning over and it's not staying consistent, which makes it really hard to just provide consistent probiotics when it might not be what your body needs in that season. I am more under the lines of, one, let's either feed your gut bacteria with products 
not replace your gut bacteria with a different kind of bacteria or give your prebiotics, which are also going to help provide the right environment for your body. We're going to talk about that in a minute as we get into, okay, what can we actually do about this? But I think it's interesting, at least for me, to understand that your microbiome is in a constant flux. Like it has a unique mix of specific different bacteria that is found to change with the changing of lights, right? Like our circadian clock with the changes of temperature and the changes of food that we're expected to eat. Like we know that people who live in colder climates have a much different gut bacteria than people who live in warmer climates. It's also why if you travel to a foreign country, why they tell you partially, I mean, this is partially true, why they tell you not to drink the water because you might get sick from the bacteria. Have you ever thought like, why are these people not getting sick? Now, I'm not saying that um, in third world countries, they're not, right? Like I'm saying like, if you go to uh, Europe or if you're from Europe and you come to America, their water or our water might not sit as well with you. And it's specifically because your gut bacteria has accustomed to the bacteria in your specific environment and introducing other bacteria isn't necessarily harmful. It's just harmful for you in that moment because it's not what your body is accustomed for. So what do we do with all this information, right? Obviously, I'm getting super excited about the science behind this, but you just want the practical, tangible advice. So here it is. One is follow seasonal light cues. Our circadian clock is still the best indicator of health in our body and not falling in line with that circadian rhythm is really, really harmful to our body. So it is important to understand, okay, in the spring, as the sun's going up later, like I can probably stay up a little bit later. Now you still need adequate amounts of rest, but maybe it is that you can wake up 30 minutes earlier and it doesn't affect your energy patterns like it would in the winter. It also shows that you can do more work, have a little bit more intensity, like your body just naturally has more energy because one, we're getting energy from the sun. Food is not our sole place of energy. We're getting it from a multitude of other places. And if we utilize that well, it can make a big difference in our body. It's calorie-free energy, right? Like it's it's super beneficial. Um, but flux with the changes of season. As you start to see the, the light changes, then you have to understand that your body also then has other changes. So a good rule of thumb is kind of go to bed with the sun. That's what they say. Now, obviously, in the wintertime, I wouldn't necessarily go to bed at five o'clock when the sun goes down or four o'clock, right? But it is a good rule that maybe you should narrow down your eating window, so that you intermittent fast a little bit longer in the wintertime, but in the summertime, you can stretch that out. Maybe instead of eating all of your food within an eight-hour window like you did in the dead of winter, you eat your food in a 12-hour window now. You stay up a little bit later or you don't, don't work on your nighttime routine quite as early. The same goes for the summertime, right? We can stay up a little bit later, do a little bit more work. Like our body is accustomed to that because it's getting energy from the sunlight. So follow seasonal light cues. The second thing is, is eat what's in season. Now, I said this at the beginning, like, don't eat green beans when they're not in season. Do I do that occasionally? Yes. Like, sometimes in the winter, it just sounds good. But generally speaking, the majority of your food, or at least how you prepare the food, should have a seasonal pattern to that. So it's not to say that right now I wouldn't have, like, a winter squash. Like, I could, 
but I wouldn't rely on that as a source of nourishment. Like right now, I kind of want to get more into the leafy greens and the berries, some of these lighter seasonal foods. The same thing goes for the summer. Like in the summer, it's probably not a great time to just be like loading in the potatoes um, and the heavy meats and the casseroles, but it is a great time to have more salads and more grilled meats and and more fruit smoothies and things like that. So you want to eat seasonally as much as you can and often as you can. This is difficult at first, I promise, because we're creatures of habit. We love routine. We love the same foods. We love doing the same thing day in and day out, but this is not good for our body. Remember, our entire physiology changes with the changing of seasons, meaning that also our nutrient needs change as well. And so we really do want to try and get the majority of the foods from seasonal living. But here, let me tell you, this is super practical because one, seasonal ingredients are usually easy to find and they're more cost effective because they tend to be on sale or at a lower cost. If you don't know what's in season, I have lists. Over in the show notes, you can find lists of what's in season for the different seasons and just start to kind of form your meals around those foods. The third tip is get outside. No matter what season it is, it really does help your body to adjust and to do the job that it wants to do. Climate-controlled environments we're finding are really, really, really harmful on our body. So sitting in the same 69-degree house or 70-degree house 365 days a year sounds pleasant, but to our body, it actually is doing more harm than good. We're not adjusting our body the way it needs to be adjusted, and part of that is it needs to deal with the elements. It needs adequate amounts of sunlight. It needs sunlight and to experience the different temperature changes. This is really, really, really good on our body. If you listen to last week's podcast about good stress, bad stress, and how we can use good stress to our advantage, This is one of those times where some of these elements are really good stress and doing the same thing will prevent any change from happening. So getting outside even when it's cold or even when it's caught, obviously in the summer we want to try to avoid the heat of the day or the really, really hot days, which are really dehydrating. But getting sunlight is so important no matter what the season is. Another interesting fact about getting outside is the sun is actually really fascinating because this is just me going on a tangent, but the sun actually changes its wavelengths throughout the course of the day. And so what they found as they studied skin cancer, you know, we always thought like, don't sit in the sun and um, put on all the sunblock. But what they found is that the sun is actually a natural uh, UV light protector to the afternoon sun. But the deal is you have to have morning sun in order to protect your skin from the harsh afternoon sun. The harsh afternoon sun is where we see the problems. But I think about like all these farmers who are outside, you know, we live in rural Iowa. So these farmers are outside all day long and, you know, you just don't hear about skin cancer with them, but you know, they're not wearing sunblock um, and they're exposing their skin. And I've been fascinated by this, but it shows that being outside in the morning hours and kind of consistently being outside is actually a strong protecting agent from the sun itself when it has a harsh UV rays. The problem is when we see these tanners come out and they just want that afternoon sun, but that's not as protective. So what I'm saying by that is the sun is really protective. If we get morning sun, it protects us from the afternoon sun and it really does help our body and it changes the composition of our body, which I think is so fascinating. Anyways, get outside. 
that's like the bottom line. Get outside, get moving, do something outside. It's so great for your immune system. Even in the wintertime when it's running in overdrive, it actually helps our body to not harm ourselves because of that. Tip number three, four, not three. Tip number four is change your lifestyle with the changing of season. In the fall and the winter, like I said, our bodies naturally get more tired. And we have to be understanding that maybe physical work is a little bit harder in the wintertime. Maybe we should slow down on the area, allow more rest, allow more sleep, and know in the spring and the summer, we can work it. Like, we can work hard. And I think how natural this is, because like gardening, right? Like hard physical activities generally happen in the summertime, in the warmer months, and when our body can stand it. And in the wintertime, it really does desire slower things. So, Live according to season. In my seasonality guides that I have over in the show notes, you can see all the seasonal lifestyle aspects. Talks about caffeine, when caffeine is good and maybe when it's not so good, as well as how to cook our foods. Like the lifestyle component is like when to eat, how to eat, um, when to sleep, how long to sleep. This is really, really, really important. So one just critical element that I'll tell you right now is that it's really important to understand the temperature of which you should eat foods and how they're prepared. So in the winter, obviously cooked, dense, heavy, oily foods, that's the way to go, right? In the summer and the spring, this is where we can get more into raw foods, smoothies, salads, cooler foods, lighter foods. You kind of see it's the opposite of the season is generally what we want to provide for the body. And the last tip that I want to give you as it relates to all of this is fiber, 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 fiber. And all of the seasons and all of the seasonality foods, fiber is always a component. The type of fiber and the amount is going to vary. But if you eat seasonally and you eat whole foods, the fiber aspect is so critically important for your gut bacteria. And your gut bacteria isn't just kind of allowing some foods in and some foods out. Your gut bacteria is also the start of your immune system. It releases serotonin. It helps your mood, your mind. I mean, so much is happening by our gut bacteria that we really, really, really do need to take care of it. One of the best ways to do that is to focus on fiber, which generally means focus on vegetables, right? I think in incorporating fiber in any ways that you can in your diet actually helps your body to adjust seasonally because it helps feed that gut bacteria to evolve and ebb and flow throughout the seasons to provide what it needs. So all of that being said, like those are your five tangible steps. Follow seasonal light cues, eat what's in season, get outside, change your lifestyle based on the season, and fiber. Nothing is drastic. Nothing is all or none. Nothing is restrictive. Like this is just, okay, like this is the time to change it. It makes it more fun and exciting. It changes up the taste buds. Like all the things that we really do desire about food and about eating and about health, this brings all of that into practice and really does help you enjoy the entire aspect of health. I'm such a fan and I really just want to convert you to be a fan So of course I had to lay out the science and tell you how your body works, but I hope that you take this information and you start to just say like, okay, this must be practical. This must be realistic and just take some time to listen to your body. What is it that you're craving today? Because as the changing of seasons, like especially in the the spring and the fall, when you're flip-flopping between temperature extremes, or at least we do in Iowa, some days I just need more 
hearty, warm foods. And that's okay. Other days when it's warmer, I want the smoothies and the salads. Listen to your body. The cravings aren't just there to throw you off your diet. They're there to tell you what your body really does need. And I think it's fascinating. So start to put some some science or some thought to what your body's craving. Start to provide for it in those ways and see all the little rhythms that you could change to make your life more seasonal. Now, like I said, if you need help with this, I have tons of guides over in the show notes, one for fall, winter, spring, summer, as well as my new batch cooking guide to help show you how seasonal eating does not have to be difficult. It's the same concept, changing the ingredients based on the season, layering it into new ways, keeping your taste buds alive, your mealtime easy, all the things that you need, and most importantly, keeping your body healthy. So if you want all that information, head on over to the show notes at semperitswellness.com backslash 211. Now, I also want you to start thinking about this more because it is a funny concept, right? It's not as easy as like, oh, you should be counting your calories or your macros or um, let's all go keto. No, 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 right? This individual, but yet it gives you a firm foundation to stand on, to understand, okay, these are the things my body needs, but what that looks like for me is going to be different and that's okay. So start to implement it, try it out, see how it fits and let me know what you think of it. That is it for today's show. I hope I have officially transitioned you into a seasonality, uh, a queen, and that you really do want to to implement this into your life, into your daily routine. Because like I said, these are just natural things that your body wants to do. And I think they'll come easier than you realize. With that being said, don't forget to head to the show notes at simperancewellness.com backslash 211 to get all the information about seasonality. Also, Don't forget to go back and listen to last week's episode. I think it's one of the most important episodes as it relates to stress and understanding how our perceptions, which control what our body does with a food, is influencing our entire health spectrum, right? We can only do so much by just focusing on food and exercise alone. Those things are important, but they're pretty small pieces of the puzzle if we don't get other aspects right. And that is one aspect that we have to get right in order to see the changes that you wanna see. So make sure you go back and listen to episode number 210, share with your friends and family, and this episode. You know, it is one of the only ways that I can expand this show is by you sharing it with other people iTunes is funny like that and they lock everything down. So really the best way to do this and the best way to help me is to leave a rating and review. If you've never left a rating and review, just head on over to simperitswellness.com backslash review. It will take you right to the page where you can leave a five-star rating and a little snippet of what you're loving about the show. I read every single one. They literally mean the world to me. It is a lifeblood of the show and it makes a world of difference. So if you wouldn't mind, would you leave a rating and review? And take a screenshot of this episode, share with your friends and family, and tell them one thing you learned from today's episode. Okay, that is it. Next week, I'm coming back on with another expert who is world-renowned pain expert talking more about the central nervous system, regardless of if you suffer from a condition with pain or autoimmunity or anything like that. It is a show worth listening to. So head back next week as we dive into that. Okay, that's it, you guys. We're doing so great. Stay positive in this crazy, weird season that we're living in. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I'm breaking down an accountability group to help hold us accountable as we head into summer and head through this crazy season. I will be back here next week. You guys have a great week.